All right, Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. So, Bud, uh, entertaining weekend that we have a chance to look back on here. Uh, Florida State moves to 5-0. and And as always, we'll thank our wonderful sponsor, Tarpon Cellars uh, Winery. TarponCellars.com is the website there. And the coupon code Nolcast will get you uh, 20% off your order. And then always a shout out to the good people in New Iberia, Louisiana, Louisiana hot sauce. But uh, but I haven't been able to talk to you in a couple of days. So I'm legitimately excited uh, for the conversation we're about to have. Absolutely, man. A nice 39-17 win. But I, I would like to see a uh, notification gang shout out. I'd like to see the likes get up more. Let's give you guys some time to do that. I, I think we should kill off, I don't know, like a minute 30. So a minute 30. I'm just a quick kneel here. Quick rundown. Yeah, you gotta get it. Okay. Take off about 40 seconds. <laughs> guys, get those likes up if you could. Um, quick 40 second runoff here. Yeah, man. Um so do you uh see anything fun this weekend? Oh, I think. I still haven't gotten over the Miami game, man. I mean, yeah. and kind of the uh, the Zapruder film review of it. I mean, this is, just makes it all the more funny. Uh, oh, I've been I've been finding some more uh, so, some more fun stuff. Like I, I don't know how many TikToks I can shoot for CBS on this, but I have three more in the clip that I have not uh, unloaded yet. All right, hold on. That was forty. Forty. Good now. Get another. Let's get another one in. Okay, another forty. Okay. All right. Yeah. Here we go. And congratulations. We have now successfully run a game out. That is, uh, that's Bud in the victory formation. And, uh, that's not losing us a game that we otherwise had a 99.9% win likelihood. Uh, that was amazing. Good God. Amazing. Uh, it, it keeps getting more hilarious each day. Like immediately. It's like, wow, this is brain dead. But I, I mean, look, I was the guy on cover three who had Mario rated the highest, like by far. I'm like, I know what you get with him. Mm-hmm. You get elite level recruiting, a guy who recruits nonstop. Nobody outworks him in recruiting. Like, and he, he holds his staff to a higher work ethic in recruiting than any staff I, I know. Just more than Saban, anybody like that. Like he works those guys like crazy. But the game management is, uh, more frequently than you'd like, kind of a disaster, right? Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's it's just bad. Uh, he has done this before against Oregon, or, or when he was at Oregon against Stanford. Yeah. He also, if you recall, uh, Oregon's current quarterback, Bo Nix, once played for Auburn in a game against Justin Herbert, who's now the quarterback of the Chargers, and really damn good. And Oregon had the game, uh, not one, but essentially one. And uh, Bo Nix is able to throw a essentially a Hail Mary. Not a, not a true Hail Mary. It's like a 45-yard pass. But it was like a, a last-second prayer heave to the end zone. And they had that last second because Oregon, on the drive in which they were trying to run out the clock, was snapping the ball with like 15 seconds and 18 seconds left and uh, just basically failed to run off an extra minute, which did prove costly there. So... I had an, had a real big blunder in 18, had one in 19. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, he's going to get them a boatload of talent, and they're going to win a bunch of games with him. That's what he does. But he routinely does mess up these games. It just kind of is what it is, you know? They, I mean, that's his um... – I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the the not so instant reaction I did, but I mean that that's one of the worst losses that I can yeah I've seen um, as far as just like no subjectivity, no gray area. Your your head coach lost the game. Now whether you want to say it was a coordinator, whatever. No, no, your head coach lost the game. Um, that that'll be interesting to see what the longer term ramifications of that are. So. What's a uh, um. What's the Tom Cruise movie? It's a it's a John Grisham movie. The uh, firm where where they show him the photos. The firm. The firm. Talk about how they can shake the confidence. I'm shocked our friend Jeff Cameron did not go with the like the shaking confidence, the firm scene. Because like if you're a Miami big time Miami booster or somebody like that, <laughs> I do think you you lose confidence in, in this. Mm-hmm. Hell, I, I I think it's 
uh, very open to like, are Miami's players going to lose confidence in this guy? Like the video is out there now. It, it appears that Alex Mirabal, his right hand man, who was also on the sideline during the Oregon Stanford uh, debacle mm-hmm. four years ago, he appears to tell them, knee, take a knee. Like it's trying to talk outside the headset to him, right? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, that's like when people were Matt like, Lee well, is crying on the sideline. I would have said something in the headset or whatever. I'm like, I don't, who's to say nobody didn't? I mean, yeah, it appears that they did. Yeah. And that they were uh, trying to get this kid 100 yards. I mean, that I can, I can't confirm that, but I can tell you that I've, I've believed that is true. I'll, I'll put it that way based yeah. off things that were shared with other people in the ecosystem. Um, so I, I, I very much think that's a legitimate idea, which is, hilarious in and of itself as well but yeah yeah that was wild uh look they're still a really talented team you we, we sit here and clown on them you still need to beat them in tallahassee right otherwise they're going to come back and clown clown on you hey look you, you guys just lost to to a, a coach that doesn't know doesn't know how to count right but that is uh i mean you, you got your the best player on that offense is is matt lee the center the, the UCF transfer. I mean, he, I, I think he's going to be a, I mean, he's a really, really good college center. And they got him from UCF. That was one that UCF was pretty annoyed to lose. I, I'll, I'll tell you that. Like UCF thought that kid was a stud. I mean, he's crying on the sideline and repeatedly mouth or saying, I'm reading the lips here, like, what the F are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of your leaders. Like, uh, We'll see that they get the Drake May experience this weekend up in Chapel Hill. So we'll see uh, see how that goes. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm obviously far from an unbiased observer, but I took a look at Miami's schedule yesterday. Um, Did you? It's a lot. There's a lot on there that could go wrong still. So yeah, we'll just see. You know, I mean, they they are talented. Um, they they did a good job in the portal, particularly at offensive line, with some of the pieces that they brought in. And, you know, I think that's going to – assuming those guys uh, – continue to be bought in and you know offensive line is always the most important i really think the more and more you get deeper into the season that if you've got a two lines of scrimmage that continue to give a damn uh as you get through october and november that you know that's that's more and more how games are won so miami's got some nice pieces um it'll be a hell of a story to watch how it how it unfolds georgia tech did make him uh van dyke pat the ball by the way yeah it was bad van dyke again Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he sees it. I think they have to scheme it up for him. Like the, mm-hmm. the arm is incredible. The accuracy when, when he knows where to go with it is, is really damn good. I just don't think he sees it. Like, if you leave guys open and he knows that they're going to be open, he's going to kill you. But I don't know. After watching A&M Bama, uh, how many times did A&M leave guys wide ass open against Alabama? I mean, it, it, that's going to be on Adam Fuller to confuse and, and to confuse Tyler Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if simplicity is the right uh, the right strategy there, but we we shall see. Let let's talk some Florida State, man. Uh, that, that that you know. Let's do. Let's talk some Florida State. And did you not run it again in Prize Picks? Uh, uh, it certainly looked like we, it. We we profited. We did not hit the twenty five x. We did four out of five. Okay. Yeah, it, <clears throat> I think uh, both the ones we sent. Uh, both the on the show one and then the people wanted to follow up one for uh, for Twitter. Uh, both those went to four out of five. So okay, um, all right, yeah, no, that's that's nice. That's, uh, yeah. Is that a double? I couldn't remember if that was a two and a half or uh, okay. Yeah, no, that's that's solid. That is very solid. Um, I, I wanted Schrader to get that rushing touchdown, and uh, he just he did not get it. Um, so that was a little disappointing. But everything else went basically to form. Little scared when 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 Jordan uh, threw that fadeaway uh, to the, the didn't see the linebacker that 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 could have could have cost it but uh, kid didn't pick it and it would have been a nice pick so uh, for for the backer not not for not for us on prize picks so yeah uh, promo code nolcast one hundred percent deposit match bonus on prize picks really fun way to increase your viewing experience on the weekend so Jordan not to throw a pick that hits uh, Jamari Thrash less than. 75 and a half receiving yards. He had 75. All right. There you One go. By a half. 
Uh, Luther Burden, more than 109 and a half receiving yards. Burden had 149. So, and it was, I think he hit in the first half. Trey Trey Benson, more than a half rushing touchdown. Yeah. He gets his rushing touchdown. That was my uh, contribution. um, Uh, You know, Bud chips in at about 88%. Um, And I might have one a week, but good. I wish I could chip in 88% of the time in golf, man. Yeah. As much as I miss yeah. the green. Uh, oh, the other miss that I had on the other card. So the four out of five, uh, Dominic Lovett, more than three receptions. Uh, really actually loved that play and uh, didn't uh, didn't hit that one, but still uh, saw a lot of NOLCAST folks uh, hit on their own cards as well. So shout out yep. to everybody who's having fun responsibly with prize picks. 39-17, sellout crowd. Sounds like a pretty good weekend was had, man. I saw you guys are running the uh, uh, $5-0, $50 for the Battles in promo. Yeah, yeah, we did that. Um, I put a link in the chat, and then I put a link in comments, and uh, YouTube deleted both of them. So I guess I oh, need no. to just put some more context around there. Otherwise, they just thought it was a, a spam link and got zapped. But, uh, no, you can always go to thebattlesin.com and uh, support us anyway that you feel comfortable. Uh, great to see the the growth that the organization's had, particularly coming out of the bye week there. And um, yeah, we're, we're just, you know, so it's a, we're starting to figure out how to do tailgates and everything else uh, in a little bit better manner. So it was a lot of fun on Saturday and um, it's a good time. It's a good time. So Saturday ended up weather wise, just being like, just the perfect damn day, man. It was a little warm starting out, but uh, that was that was one of those days that it's like six o'clock and you just look up and you're like, man, I'd love another four hours of this. This is just <laughs> this is literally just perfect. So it was a hell of a day. One hundred percent, man. That that is it. it I it was finally crisp outside today when we when I put the kids in the car to go to school here in Orlando, and it was uh, it it was finally crisp. It felt good. Mm-hmm. Speaking of good, I, I, a good effort from Florida State, I would say. Like, could be better, wasn't, like, big-time disappointing. I, I, I thought you largely uh, took care of business. You want to go You want to go over D first? Um, yeah, let's, let's do the defense first. Um, we'll start, uh, let's see, a couple, couple injury notes. Um it did. I was wrong when I said that Tanner Bethune sounded like he came into the game healthy. Uh, he sounded like he was on a pretty defined snap count, actually. And which actually, I, I think yeah. I heard that term more this week for different guys across the roster than I've heard this year, certainly. Um, so I think Bethune was one of those guys. And um, it sounds like he played a couple snaps and then just decided uh, it'd be better to, better to sit this one out. And this is a. This is a stretch in the schedule that if you can do that, uh, that's that's the way to do it. So uh, I don't think that's a concern long term. Uh, it is not my understanding, not a doctor. I'm not this is not an official statement by any means, but I don't think what he's going through right now is tied to any of the other challenges from an injury perspective that he's ever had either. So it's not a continuing issue. So oh, um I'm going to take this as an official statement from the new team doctor. From the new team, yeah. From trust me, I can. Yes. Uh, I did not have the uh, the academic chops to ever have doctor put next to my name, or or at least the academic patience to ever have doctor put next to my name. I'll put it that way. Um, you said you had a couple injury notes. Uh, well, just there were there were more guys on defined, uh, you know, snap counts than than I've heard previously i mean jaheim bell was certainly fell into that category as well um actually talked to akeem dent yesterday for a a totally different issue um he was a a little had a little bit of a uh getting worked back into rotation but sounds like the hamstring there has has recovered very well uh and i i think by probably duke that that's a, a full green light so Again, nothing official, just, you know, responding to what a kid tells you. No. This is a good example of what we talked about three weeks ago. If you get through this first month, the month of October is largely going to be kind of what, uh, kind of what like a Michigan had to a lesser extent because they're conference games and they're, they're not like low level G5 guys, but you know, maybe more, more similar to like what a Kentucky had in the month of September. 
right? You know, it, it you are going to have a lot of inferior opponents where you are going to be favored by two scores, three scores, four scores. Two scores, you really can't do this kind of stuff. Four scores, like you were against the Hokies, you can do a lot of this stuff. Virginia Tech's a bad football team. You know, like like they're they lack talent. They're extremely one dimensional on offense. Uh, they're they're not real twitchy. They, you know, defensively the the linebackers are awful uh you can you can rotate a lot of guys in and i i think that's that's a smart approach to to keep getting I mean, we talked about this go back to the snap count draft how many games you would want to get guys work in um i i almost want to start with the with the officiating because i really don't think i've seen norvell mm. go nuclear on these guys uh like that, have you seen him do this before? Like he, re- you could tell. I think that he knew this team wanted to come out fast, wanted to blow their ass out, wanted to get a lot of the young guys in and give yep. the young guys a lot of reps. Melina Myers uh, is a is a follow on Twitter. She's a pro- professional photographer and uh, does great work. She, I think she shared. I don't think it was her f- photo. I think she said it was her mentor's photo, but. Um, the no, I'll go find it in the Nullcast account and retweet it because, dude, these pictures are exceptional. And Mike looks like he's about to kill somebody. I mean, yeah. it is the most animated I've ever seen Mike uh, in his time here. And um, having a friend that I went to college with who coached with him at Memphis, that's not, I mean, Mike is a passionate, intense guy, um, especially on game day. But I don't know that I've ever seen him where I'm like, Mike might hit this guy. Uh, I mean, he, he was, he was heated. He was real heated. Well, I mean, you're, you're up 22 to nothing. You, you wanted to come out of the bye week and start fast. You know, slow starts have at times been something that people worry about with, with his football team. Um, And I think he knows they're like about a score away for being able to play the backups for you know a lot of of the second half. They ended up playing a lot of the backups anyway and got them in earlier in the game. It was another heavy rotation game for this football team. But yeah, I mean, you I don't know. I, I watched it, I had mixed feelings. Like there are because we're talking about the defense here, there are two calls against the defense that that pretty drastically changed the game, right? That allow these drives to extend. the The non call on the uh, on the crackback on the quarterback scramble. Now mm-hmm. that's going to be a successful scramble regardless. It's not going to go for forty yards and and totally flip the field. Um, I mean, I I understand why they were so heated about that, but that has been. I mean, it's literally a point of emphasis this year. They changed the rule. They're instructed to call it when in doubt, and they didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, that, that screwed you right there, honestly. And I'm not saying you didn't have it; you didn't get away with anything either. But like that was a pretty big one in the moment. And then the uh, the late hit on Byron Turner on on the quarterback, the roughing the passer call, where Az Thomas makes all right, best interceptions in Florida State history. Number one is Terrence Brooks, I think, against NC State. The amount of ground he covered. On, on that to, to go from like a down in the box player on the near hash to like sprinting mm-hmm. back Ed Reed style to picking it off. AZ Thomas keeping his feet in bounds is nuts. Like that's it is nuts. It is nuts. That's up there. That's up there. The Greg Reed slingshot. Now this is not an athletic. This is just a guy who's a little crafty and gets away with an obvious uh, pass interference is always one of my favorites because yes. he does literally use BYU's guy to propel him into the lane to intercept it. And he's to the house and uh, what a good time with Greg. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's certainly a lot. Uh, Dion has one, has a couple against Auburn and uh, the one uh, shoot who got it. What um, was it? Was it Sean Jackson who gets it against Miami and runs it back? This is like a, in 90, was it, was it 93? Uh, the, the chat one, Bush. it was the Bush, safety. Right. Bush. Yes. Yeah. Excuse me. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was, that was what, 30, 30 years ago. Yeah. They're uh, celebrating that team, uh, this week. So yeah, Devin Bush, yeah. 
first round pick of the Falcons, if I recall correctly. Stud. Uh, um, can you? Like you're that. better at this than I am. Can you show those photos that I put in uh, the chat from the Nolcast account? Just for I can. Yeah, people I, I think, who are um, YouTube watching, you can see one of them has Mike's like lips or. <laughs> it's just, just funny, man. Dude looks like he's gonna kill somebody. Uh, so, bam for like thirty seconds, so I can. Uh... <clears throat> yeah, no, the I'm just looking through the. Should have had that AZ interception, the cinematic recap, regardless. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I'm trying to think of any other just wildly fantastic interceptions. Uh, I mean, Derek Brooks, had, when it, through three weeks, Florida State's opponent, opponents had scored 20 points, and Derek Brooks had scored 21. Uh, he was just as good as undercutting a, a slant route as anybody that I've ever seen play. Uh, yeah, that's one with the yeah. lips that literally looks like he's going to and the fist. Uh, that's quality. Yeah, yeah, he's it's he's he's ready to go. Uh, he's ready to go. Mike, Mike got kind of fancy for this. Actually, like wore, wore the like the the quarter zip and the, the the sleeveless quarter zip. He's he's it's the the black is his look this year. He he left gray behind and he's moved to the uh, the black hoodie and the the black QZ as well. Um, but yeah, he's he's about it. He's it's about good, it. It's a good look. Uh, the other one he's pissed about, which we'll talk about on the offensive side, is the Jakai Pi. No, I mean that's right? so. Look, there's there's not like I've got a friend who covers Clemson. Um, said that Dabo was probably as animated with the officials as he's ever seen him this weekend uh, in the Wake Forest game. Um, the officials in this conference are just are just very very poor, um, and it's a problem and it's not a Florida state specific problem. Um, but it is wild. And in a, in a year in which you now look, I agree with you. I don't think there's going to be three undefeated teams, but in a year in which you've got three teams that are very much part of the national story halfway through the season. Um, it's unfortunate just the level of officiating that this conference has for, for whatever reason uh, that is the case. And I, I think it starts with a lack of, of um, good officials to draft from, honestly. Like, I, I don't think that, like, other leagues have vastly superior officiating. I mean, we've seen just some absolute uh, – I was going to start say a word that starts with F and it ends with uh, URI, but mm. uh, yes. we're a family-friendly show. <laughs> like, Pac-12, Big 12 are, are really, really pretty bad. Um, you know, the SEC – like the, the the crew doing the Missouri game is is a uh, is kind of a a known crew of of uh, suspicion. Um, so yeah, um, I agree with you. I I do think that there is the issue uh, of at the lower levels. I go to these seven on games. I go to these high school games. These parents treat these officials. I mean, I would not do it. Like, you couldn't pay me twenty five bucks to go out mm. there for ninety minutes to be an official with, with, with how these these parents act. So, I think you probably have a lot of qualified people who are athletic enough and experienced, probably played the game, understand kind of how game flow works, know what they're looking at. Like, why would you do it? Right. You know, yeah. like, and, and so eventually that hurts the supply of of good officials. Uh, you know, I just, I mean. I would yeah. never, I would never officiate a seven-on game. Like, there's a lot of bad officials out there. I'm like, man, the people doing this. There's a couple that I think are like generally know what they're doing, but there's a lot of it. It's like, man, mm -hmm. this guy's trying his best. He needs the <laughs> 25 bucks. Yeah, get off him. Yeah, and it's tough. And you know, there there is still the the, the element of error in this, even with. Uh, I mean, there was a. There was a, a call in a English Premier League game uh, a week ago in which VAR, you know, video assisted replay or whatever it stands for. I mean, they just botched it. They botched it horribly. And you, they actually have the audio of the guys as they botch it. And then they start arguing with each other like it's the wrong call. Uh, like it's definitely the wrong call. And he's like, well, we've already started the game again, blah, blah, blah. Um, so. I think the idea that technology is going to remove uh, some of this is flawed and is not the case. Um, and I think in, from a, a a real 30,000 foot perspective, we need to have a, have a conversation as to the best way to 
incorporate technology and also not over uh, and hyper analyze things. And, you know, what the, the use of technology and the evaluations of targeting, I think is legitimately one of the worst thing that's ever happened in the sport uh, yeah. to go frame by frame and look at a kid who's got, you know, 25 to, well, I don't know the shoulder pads and helmets are not, they've done a good job on those things aren't nearly as heavy and bulky as they used to be, but you're not just running around playing two hand touch, man. You've got right. wearing stuff. You're running as fast as you can. The other dude is one of the most agile and athletic guys on the planet. And, you know, you're aiming for his, <laughs> you're aiming for his ribs and you end up grazing his face mask. And we're, because we're he ducks a lot of games for that. I mean, it's, uh, we, we've just lost the plot when it comes to officiating the sport. Uh, and I, I don't know that it's going to get better. So, yeah, I, I don't include the Jordan sliding non-call in, in, in my stuff because Jordan is sliding super late oftentimes in traffic. Mm-hmm. There's no real reasonable expectation that that the defender should be able to pull up and avoid him when he slides as late as he does. The slide rule is intended to be a give up. Okay. Right. I'm in open space. I'm getting down. I'm availing myself of the protection of the rule. You're not supposed to be using this slide in traffic okay and then also be able to get a penalty for it like that's nuts these guys are already in their tackling motion in many cases when jordan slides and gets whacked Mm -hmm. like if if i'm an official if i'm an opposing team i'm telling them hey you can't be calling this on, on on my defenders this kid is basically sliding like i know jordan's not trying to draw the penalty although the constant like pointing to the head like hey i want the targeting call it makes it appear that he is. I could, I could go Fry, without anybody requesting a targeting call, no whether doubt. a head coach on the field. I mean, that's that's clownish from from Virginia Tech. You know, let's, yeah, it's not what totally. we need to do. It's not. Look, you just don't see the hits that they wanted to take out of the game. They've taken out of the game. You don't see a safety with a twelve yard run up come up and launch himself anymore. Um, I just don't know that there's a whole lot. Of, I mean, this this. This game is played by large guys with violent attitudes. There's not a whole lot you can do about that. Otherwise, you know, let's turn it into whatever the uh, tennis equivalent of, of a paddle ball is or whatever, right. and, and we'll just do that uh, because you can't do it. You can't You can't freaking do it. You can't take collisions out of this sport. So, Totally. Yeah. I, I, I am worried about... Jordan sliding in traffic because I think he's going to continue to get hit with it. And if you like, it's not real safe to get hit when you're sliding, right? Because sliding is sort of like, Hey, it's a clear give up signal. You're it's safe to slide because you're not getting hit. I actually think the way they go down with like, not just Jordan, but any player like who slides in traffic, you're inviting your leg to get wrapped up underneath you. Right. It, it's it's not a real safe position to get whacked. In, right? Yeah, no, I mean, and you're losing all your. Um, so like when I was in eighth grade, there was a Sports Illustrated article about a guy uh, who was a football player. I can't remember exactly who it was. My my dad cut the article out and made me put it on my wall. And it said that the guy realized that football is a game of you know, force and acceleration. And the guy whose force and acceleration is the highest ends up putting his mass into the other person. And I'm saying, when you go into this kind of lazy baseball slide, you lose everything. You're going to absorb every ounce of the hit that you get on you. So, um, yeah, we've kind of we've kind of found five minutes of, of us just talking about the sport in general and where it I'm is. I'm worried right about now, it, though. Yeah. Like, I, th- this is not a good trend for Jordan to do. Like, he is not protecting himself by sliding this late in traffic. It, it, yeah, Grillmaster makes a great comment too. That the the second the the picket did the fake slide, like yeah, we just at that point you're asking defender you you yeah. you've put defenders in a horrible situation, and now you put them in an impossible situation. Uh, if a quarterback can can hit you with a fake slide, stutter step, and then start running downfield again, then um, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, it, it's. It's really kind of, it's kind of nuts. Um, 
but they're not going to roll back the rule, <clears throat> I would say, because they then it looks like they're anti-safety. It's the same reason why they're not going to roll back targeting in general, because it, it, it would appear to the lawyers that they are they're mm -hmm. anti-safety, yeah. right? Um, anyway, just, just kind of an aside there. Defensively, numbers, uh, obviously the numbers on the scoreboard, good. You allowed 10 defensive points. The, the, the kick return, it is what it is. You, you had a couple guys get out of their lane. Uh, you know, you, you've got basically like bunched to the one side and totally spread out in the other and, and like a 14-yard you know, gap. I know the fake slide is illegal now, by the way. I just, it, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty when Pickett did it, but yeah, it, it um, yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I think they should make late slide, like, like, like super late sliding. Um, I don't know. I, I think they should make that part of it reviewable for the late hit. Like if, if the guy's already in the tackling motion, when you slide, like if he's already bending down, you shouldn't be able to get a penalty on that. Mm -hmm. uh, two of 13 on third down is is good i think the general plan was that they would not uh, virginia tech would not be able to consistently drive the football on you and you you didn't want to allow explosive plays drones is a horrific passer of the football on a down-to-down -down basis uh, i mean he really i think they did not want to give the Hokies wide open stuff down the field off play action so they, they played this game out of too high and I, we, we need to keep that in mind that they, they, they didn't play a ton of one high stuff. It was a lot of shell. We can say, hey, like they should have dominated this more. Um, I don't know that that was necessarily the goal. I mean, obviously you want to dominate, but I don't know that they, like formationally, if you watch what they did, you can sort of infer their intent. And I think they were like, there's no way that we lose this game or that it's even really all that close if we can defend these guys effectively out of too high. We're not going to allow explosives down the field out of this look. Drones is not a good enough passer to to beat us on a consistent basis. Most of his completions were either within two yards line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage, which is indicative of what he is as a passer. Uh, it does feel different because they went three or four on fourth down. Um, and I don't really care all that much about the five yards uh, per play allowed, given how the one explosive came and they allowed 313 yards. I am a little concerned about how they played some of the swing screen stuff, some of the flare stuff, and they allowed a 48% rush success rate. And we talked about, like, if you don't go out and dominate this team, I think we'll just know what they are. Uh, but I've I've seen five games now, and they're just not special at linebacker, safety, and nickel. And teams are going to continue to try to exploit those guys to make open field tackles. That's just what it is. That That's where you attack this team. I'm not giving away state secrets. We have five games of it. Like they, it, it's, I mean, maybe Hussey down the line ends up being a pretty special player. I think there's some encouraging stuff that you saw from a physical standpoint. And I mean, the, the, the one hit he has is awesome. But, you know, they, they got Deloach singled up in the open field. They got, they got Jalen a couple times. Greedy got, got singled up and just got to get guys on the ground. Got to be in better position. Got to, got to see what they're just not. I don't know that those guys are starting on teams that we're seriously talking about for the national title. And teams see that because there are some guys on this defense who would, who are good players. And I thought, um, uh, shoot, why am I blanking on this name? Um, the, uh, I thought Cypress had a pretty good game. Verse obviously had, had a big time game. Uh, 11 got out of position a couple of times, but like had, had some good pass rushes. Turner did some good things. You know, you're, you're solid in the middle of the defense, but, that's where you're being attacked right now. And I, I don't have a lot of hope those guys are going to get better during the year, the, the ones I named off. They're just kind of are what they are. They're not like difference-making football players. doesn't mean they're bad. They're just, to me, they're like they're not draft picks, you know, like for the most part. Uh, they're, And if we're judging this team on a can they win a natty conversation, that's a clear weakness of this defense. Um, but yet they allowed 10 points, and one of the drives just had a horrific uh, – you know, just non-call on, on the scramble, and twenty-two of their yard or twenty-one of their yards on the, came on a fourth and twenty-two. So, if you look at it like yards that, that the Hokies had on plays that were unsuccessful, I actually think they had a lot of like meaningless yards. You know, third and seventeen, they, they get like a ten-yard pass, and not in a, on a part of the field where you can reasonably expect a fourth down go. So, that's a success for the defense. It's still yardage in the book. Um, They did play a lot of guys, though, man. 
And they did not allow explosive pass plays. Yeah, played a lot of guys. Um, I think I have a, a little bit more optimism as to what the ceiling of this defense can be. Now, I, I don't think it's, you know, through the roof, pardon the pun there. Um, but to me, this is almost this almost runs parallel of what I think of the team entirely. I, I don't know that this is an exceptional team. I think it's a very good team. Um, and I just Agreed. don't know that there's an exceptional team other I mean, Georgia looked exceptional this week. Okay. So it might, you might be a year again. I don't want to set the barometer at national championship, but is this team good enough to make it to the college football playoffs? Hell yeah, it is. Um, and I think you do that and everything else is, is you're in the bonus round. Um, and you know, I think at this point, that's a, a decent level of expectation. Uh, you know, you've got a, you've got a very good roster. You've got a better roster than anybody you're going to play. Um, you've got significant depth at, at most positions. You've seen guys emerge that you needed to. Uh, I'm not a professional film evaluator, but I am becoming more and more convinced that Josh Farmer, maybe your best defensive interior lineman. That's a positive development for you. Um, Jared is, is playing the way that Jared is it I good so. if Josh Farmer's your best interior defensive lineman? I think so. I, I, think, I think it's a limiting factor, though. Isn't it a commentary on the other D lineman on the interior? No, I think I ultimately have, have faith that you're going to get best Fabian Lovett against the best level of opponent. Yeah. Uh, and so Load I, management, I, right? You said yeah, it to start yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, so you've seen some emergence. I think Pat has continued to develop as yeah. a player. Pat Payton. Um, linebackers, when healthy, are, again, very good. You know, not you don't have first round picks at linebacker. That's fine. You you're not. And this is where I continue to go back to this. You as a program are not in a place to have a lot of first round picks because of where you've been over the last yeah. three or four years. You're, you're ahead not going to. You're not going to get the high school talent that ultimately a, a most time evolves into first round picks. Now you've got, you've got what you did with Jared Verse and and who Jared Verse is as a person is awesome and. I'm not discounting that, um, but the vast majority of the elite clay, so to say, uh, is identifiable in high school. You sign it and you develop it. And this program has not been in a place until last year. You started to get the first pieces of it uh, of elite clay in a while. So continue to work what you've done in the portal, continue to develop the pieces on your roster. Um and that's just, I think, a, a realistic perspective as to as to where you are as a program and, and what you should expect uh, the pieces on your roster to look like. So, totally, uh, man, I, I am so same page with you on this. Like, like they, I think Florida State is ahead of schedule. Like they're well ahead two, of schedule. Well ahead yeah. of schedule. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. two years ago, if you said, yeah, they're 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 going to be like have the second best odds to make the college ball playoff of anybody in the country. That's a that's a bonker statement to say mm -hmm. twenty months ago, right? Like like they're they're really really ahead of schedule. No team avoids doing dumb stuff all the time, but they are I think like a well managed football team. They they don't make a lot of really bad mistakes, which is in college football like not beating yourself is a huge part of the equation, man. Like you see team look at how we started out the show, right? It, it really. <laughs> It is. We we uh we should probably shout some sponsors out. I overall I was pleased with the defensive effort. D like you can quibble with the plan. Like you may wanted to see like more one high, even more blitzing. But I thought they did blitz some. Sometimes Vatek caught him in some of the some of the misdirection stuff. But I think you went in and said, "Hey, this kid cannot beat you as a passer unless you give him wide open stuff because you because you mess up." against play action, you overplay it, and they pop some stuff over the top to just guys who are wide open. what they have? Like two deep shots? The one the kid pushed off and got called for an OPI because it was well covered. And the other one he just totally missed because, again, he's a bad passer. The only way you really lose that game is if you let them hit explosive plays over the top off play action. That's it. So... I don't think that Fuller's plan was uh, incorrect. It might not have been the most well-calculated to get a shutout. 
but I do think it was probably the most well calculated to get a win. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I guess like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, but it's always good when we know that the messages that we're trying to deliver for our sponsors land. And sometimes that comes via an email that somebody in, in Florida or Georgia or North Carolina has bought a house and paired with Shannon. Sometimes comes from your wife who tells you to make uh, reservations on Friday night for the Syracuse game at Charlie Park. So I'm, I'm glad that she's listening and I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that it is, uh, it's the message is landing, so to say. So we've talked a lot about the, uh, the menu that they have. It's a fantastic restaurant with some really, uh, wonderful options. You know, I would encourage you to go look at their menu. Uh, but no, Charlie Park is a fantastic, uh, great place. Unlike anything else that's, available there in Tallahassee. It is Tallahassee's best rooftop bar. And I think really, I mean, there's some other, yeah, no, it is Tallahassee's best rooftop bar. Definitely. And it's a a great setting right there next to the AC hotel over there in Cascade parks um, or Cascade park. And it is a a place where I will be. And it's a place where I would encourage you to uh, make reservations, whether it be Friday night or Sunday brunch or whatever else. A great place that we're fortunate to continue to be able to work with. Dude, they, they are an awesome partner of ours. And let's talk a little offense. Um, all right, so pretty pleased overall with with what I saw. Um, came out a little more spread formations in the game, and I think that was pretty obvious uh, from, 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 from Jump Street. A little more three-receiver stuff uh, and a little more detached tight end stuff, right? Whether that was, you know, Morlock for the most part, occasionally Biscuit. I wonder if Jordan's not more comfortable operating out of the spread uh, as opposed to some of these these more condensed formations. Um, in addition to Jordan's comfort level, I, I also wonder, um, do you think some of the O-linemen are, are more comfortable playing out of the spread? Now, that may seem counterintuitive, but there, there are less guys in the box. It could have a, a, a more, a clearer picture for them mm-hmm. as a run blocker. Right. And I mean, pass pro has, has largely been excellent this year. So uh, I, I kind of wonder if that helps them because, like, they they had fewer, like, there were fewer times in this ballgame where I'm like, wait, why, why is he passing that guy to try to go block that guy? Like, that maybe the rules or the execution of the rules are simplified out of some of these spread formations in the run game, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you watch more national ball than I do. I don't know that I've, I don't know that I've seen an offensive line with like a legitimate rotation uh, quite like this one does in quite a while. I mean, you've got yeah. you've you've got you're bringing Rob Scott back at tackle, Keandre Jones. My lord, man! If that guy if that guy gets you, you're done. Uh, I mean, I understand that you know you you're working him in situationally, but uh, that is just there's some highlights of that guy that are just humorous. Uh, he, he gets his hands on you and I don't care if you're 295 pounds, you're, you're in a hell of a lot of trouble. Um, so I think that's just what they're going to do. Continue to work guys back, um, continue to get healthy there. Um, we'll say that if you can get like a full healthy Rob Scott back by Duke or even the Miami game, um, that's a pretty it, it, Gives you so many different options. Uh, ultimately, again, not a doctor, not making any kind of official statement, but just from interacting with Bless Harris, I, I think that's a that's not a it's not something that's going to see him sidelined for a long, long time. Agreed. Um, yeah, that's, so that's, that's the vibe I got too. I think that you know you're going to have pieces back here and continue to work um, with uh, with Roddick and and Meech at guard and and uh, you know if Mo just do whatever you can to keep Mo as healthy as possible. But uh, again, kind of with the defense, I think there's I think there's room for the offensive line's ceiling to uh, or that you haven't quite reached it. It's not you know like best in the country type ceiling or something like that. We know you know we have a legitimate idea, uh, but this this unit can be you know, good to very good. Uh, and I, I think they're still still trying to find their way to it. Agree with you on on all counts there. I, I do, I, I think it's becoming more popular to, to rotate uh, throughout, Is it? throughout the country. Okay. Like, like, I'm not saying all these teams are doing it, but 
if you have uh i mean like if you're if your third best guy isn't that much better than your seventh best guy uh sometimes it can sometimes it may may make sense to to rotate like like they're doing they're clearly trying different combinations uh, i i'm fairly excited about this offensive lines um you know potential as we work through the month of October. I don't think it's going to be dominant. There are some defensive lines I think would absolutely destroy them if, if you had to play. Like, you're just going to have to get good matchups if you do make the playoff. But, uh, I mean, yeah, like, like Washington played pretty well on the day, I thought. Like, like that's probably the best we've seen Darius play mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Uh, so that that's it's good to see him. You, know, you wonder, a guy that has that many injuries. It's like, man, maybe he's just, you know, maybe that is what he is. But, I, like, I, I was pretty impressed. I know Vatek's defense sucks, guys. Like they they do, but still, I I thought he he played well. To find a place for him on this line, uh, as you mentioned, Jones. You get like Scott and Harris back. You know, Byers obviously is a is a guy with a lot a lot of physical ability. Sorry. Good. So yeah, you know, Byers, whether it be guard at tackle or uh, where you ultimately you know put him, uh, I think. There's a reason that guy was as highly sought after as he was. And uh, physically speaking, he's, you know, one of the more impressive, um, impressive pieces out there on the offensive line. Um, you good, dog? Man, like my eyes super watery. I never like never. You ever feel like you had to sneeze and it didn't come like like yeah, that? was yeah. just man, just didn't have to sneeze. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I thought they tried to dictate to Jordan. They being the coaching staff early in this game, um, you had like you saw some early non-read runs call for him, right? You you had like the quarterback counter, you had quarterback sweep, trying to get him involved where it, it take advantage of situations uh, where they may just have one guy on him and you can block that guy, and then, and then he, you get him one on one with the DV. He, he's a hard guy to bring down, and, and his legs to me re- remain the most dangerous and, and most impressive part of Jordan's game. So, like, like making sure that he's involved in the run game, I think that speaks worlds about what his shoulder is or isn't, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. mean, yeah. you're not running quarterback counter as a 23 or 24 point favorite if you're re- if we think this is something that's going to get worse, mm-hmm. right? So, I've I view the the play calling as a positive endorsement of what what his shoulder is. Um, maybe I'm misreading that, but like that's how I took it. Yeah, they no, ran some more like designed RPO stuff for him. It looked like in this game. Um, now, I think they've run some of this stuff, too. But the, the fact you're running out of the spread formations may open up different different looks for it. And he, he hit him. I mean, he, he threw one to Morlock. He, he threw a couple to, to Johnny. Uh, making sure that he's cool working some of the underneath stuff is going to be a continued thing because he's uh, at times he's still really swinging for the fences. And I don't fault him for it on. um on the ball to Jakai, obviously. Jakai's open. It's it's not a bad throw he makes either. Like it's a touchdown if, if the guy doesn't just grab Jakai like crazy. But I mean, you're I like some of the tempo stuff early. I think he's pretty comfortable operating at tempo and just going. You know, I but there's still some concerning stuff here that that like there's certain guys on this team I don't think we can get much more out of. And I do think that there's a possibility that we can get more out of Jordan. You know, and we're going to need to. No, I mean, again, we're we're putting this through the filter of who they were playing last week. We know that and we expected we, look, I think we said if you don't have a big day for in the running game then then there's calls for concern. Um but that was much more that was that was more similar to the offense at the end of the year that was so dynamic uh as far as seeing um, seeing Jordan with his legs, seeing Trey being the super explosive back, uh, that's those are positive signs. And again, we just have to see if that's something that continues to to show itself, or if it was just reflective of the matchup. But that, you know, that is flashes uh, of what this offense can be. And you know, you, you have Johnny um, having the day that he did, and, and you know, Keon's not going anywhere. Keon's Keon's Keon. Um, so. I think ultimately you can continue to have success or excuse me, you can continue to have confidence that this offense at its peak is something that if, if it's clicking um, and it's firing in all cylinders, then yeah, that's maybe how you do 
win a playoff game. You know, maybe this this team can win a playoff game forty nine to forty two. It absolutely can. Um, so we'll see. Totally, totally. I, I the underthrowing of the deep balls, the like the weird fadeaway stuff. I mean, he's cost himself money in the draft. There, there's no doubt in my mind. Like he's not playing as well as he did last year at, at times, and. Like Jordan, I do believe he still has it in him. Like, because I've seen him play in spurts at that high level. If Florida State is going to go undefeated, they need Jordan to raise his level of play. If he plays like he has been playing, they are absolutely Miami's a losable game. Florida is a losable game. If Jordan keeps playing the way he's been playing, Duke, if they get Leonard back, which I don't anticipate, but Elko did say yesterday that he's day to day, which. Okay, I'll, I'll bring it up when I see it. As Sports Center yeah. back in the day used to say, uh, but with Leonard, like that is a potentially losable game if you don't like. But it's not losable if Jordan plays like we know Jordan can play. Just hasn't played the way we know we've seen him play before for long enough stretches. We got like twenty minutes twenty minutes of it against LSU. You know his touchdown interception ratio right now is great. He's also I think had four or five interceptions dropped this year if the guys just catch the balls the defensive backs catch the balls that he throws to them we're having a lot different conversation you know and so that that's why like we've always on this show been dedicated to like not just commentating to the result and commentating to the quality of play on the field win or lose you know and sometimes people get mad that we don't like freak out about the losses enough which (laughs) thankfully there haven't been any or you know, maybe celebrate some of the wins enough, but it's that's a spot on this team that I think can get better. I think he like like we've seen him play at that higher level. You know, right now I don't think he's playing like a Carson Beck or like a JJ McCarthy. You know, I, I I'm not seeing that from him. I, I you know it it need better out of it. You have a ridiculous receiving core. Um, the numbers should be better, I think. So, I mean, that's just my take on it. Obviously, you're undefeated. You're playing well. You're gonna you're gonna win ten plus ball games, you know. But if you want to win twelve, if you want to win thirteen ball games, if you want to win a playoff game, you know, you, you need more. Which I think maybe you can get. I also think that they watched the uh, the Ole Miss LSU game. I saw a lot of what Lane Kiffin did to LSU run game wise in this ball game. Hmm. Um, okay. And I, I was thinking about, it. I was like, you know what? That would have been a game they would have watched. Right, so they're because always was, attempting to uh, optimize their offense, is what you're saying. Uh, well, yeah, and Lane is a, a, a like a, is one of the you know best respected play callers as is as is Norvell, and that was during the bye week. Yeah, so like there's a pretty good chance that they're watching that game to see, and I mean especially like you would just naturally say, wait, how did how did Ole Miss have 700 and something yards, right? A lot of that pistol stuff, Ole Miss evened up the formations that gave LSU fits. Ole Miss had not run the football effectively at all this year, much like at times at FSU. You saw some of the down and G scheme stuff in this game. I thought it was more just, you know, kind of quick G stuff. But look, I'm not saying the run game's fixed because the Hokies run defense is terrible. But I did like that you're getting Benson hitting it downhill. And if you get him through the line, he's a really hard guy to tackle with, with, with the head of seam. Yeah. So Mike may incorporate things from Lane Kiffin to optimize his offense, and you can incorporate things that 12 other NOLCAST listeners have done to optimize your business, should you so be inclined uh, to talk to our good friends at Congruity. Matt Lewis is a guy that, as I say all the time, we wholeheartedly endorse. I personally have used him basically at every business stop that I've had recently and, and in the two businesses Um whether it be the Nolcast business or, or the Battle's End uh, business that I have a little bit more of a direct say in. So Matt Lewis, fantastic guy uh, for many a Noel and uh, Congruity is uh, somebody that we would wholeheartedly suggest that you at least give them a call, see if there's not a better way uh, to run or optimize your business, whether it be payroll, HR, onboarding, uh, or many other services. In fact, they have a uh, they have a healthy um, offering of benefits that we have uh, we've been taking advantage of as well over there. So uh, congruityhr.com is the website. And as I'm fond of saying, please feel free to reach out 
to me for a uh, third-party introduction, should you so desire. Something else I would fully endorse, perimeter blocking in this game. Mm, Very yes. nice, high effort. Like, you don't spring those runs if you don't get nice blocking efforts from Morlock and Keon and those guys on the edge. Uh, oh, another Keon guy was mention. blocking, blocking from the first play yeah. of the game. Uh, he was he was blocking. Uh, it's almost like that guy's going to be a high draft pick, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I think they hit on that one. He's almost doing the things that are needed to uh, to show everything to the boys on Sunday. Absolutely. Uh, interesting comp here. Benson is Leonard Fournette. His touches and yeah, that's actually not a bad comp. Like Fournette mm. is is not a guy that was was great with a lot of traffic in front of him, you know. But like if you got him going downhill, obviously he was extremely hard to stop. Yeah, I, I don't think he's Fournette out of high school was pretty generational, and Benson is is really really gifted so it's not a crazy comp uh and I, I i agree with the style comp there um another guy who i wonder if it helps with more of the spread formations when he's not detached but like when he's when he's your inline tight end uh but you're out of the spread stuff i thought mark Easton had fewer whiffs in this ball game like he identified the, the correct guy to block and blocked him and that is uh Sometimes your tight ends have not done a good job of figuring out who the rule dictates they should block this year. And I thought it was cleaner from an operation standpoint. Uh, so that was that was good. Uh, you, to me, you accomplished a lot on offense. Now, Jordan still went back a little bit to throw in like, some of the deep stuff, but I get it. You have really good receivers on the outside. Like I'm not anti-deep ball. Situationally, I would occasionally like to see more of the quick operation, pick up the third down, move the chains, you know, have a higher third down conversion percentage. Be a little, I understand that the bigger games, because of your limitations up front, you probably need to be more explosive play reliant. That's just how it's going to have to be won. Against the lesser opponents, I would like to see a cleaner operation and a more consistent approach on third down because you, you keep the chains moving. Have these sort of you know, maturity as a 23-year-old guy. All right, boom, hit my last step in my drop back. I've surveyed it. I've read it out correctly. I'm hitting the open guy. We're moving the chains. We're scoring. Like, but maybe they're just running this thing because they know in the big games that's probably not going to work that great. Like, you're probably going to have to be explosive play reliant in the bigger games when you play the really good, the really good defensive lines that you're going to face. And we've seen Mike consistently do that and win that, win ball games with that. So, uh, but yeah, just I mean, we're kind of nitpicking here. They they scored 39. Uh, game moved pretty fast as far as the time of possession type thing. You know, um, Virginia Tech did not really force you to bounce everything, which was interesting. So, again, I'm not sure the run game is completely fixed, but I like the increased diversity of the run game. It does make teams prepare for different things. I, I think you showed some things that you can run some counters off. I'm not going to say what they are right now, but, like, clearly, they're, like, you're setting up some stuff. I want to see some screens to key on, though, against Cuse. Just, like, some quick throw it out there, kind of your now screen stuff. Go back to that Cuse game last year. Like getting the ball out to the edge quickly, Cuse had problems tackling that. They had the same problems against North Carolina. Uh, some shorter touches for Keon against Cuse could be in order. I, I think mm -hmm. that would be. Uh, I want to see him the ball with the ball in his hands. I'm sure Keon would agree with you, bud. I'm sure he. Uh, I'm sure he would. Um, what are the best case scenarios to, for FSU to reach the ACC championship besides the obvious one of winning out? Okay, like, I mean, winning out is clearly the most important one. Um, if you want to rank it like games that you you could lose and still make the ACC championship game, it Syracuse, Wake, Pitt are the the three in which would not have a meaningful impact. I think on your ability to make it as a one loss team. Miami obviously brings in some weird tiebreakers. I do not think Miami is going to go seven and one in the league, uh, but if they're if they beat you, I think we have to assume they've got their problems fixed. So that would be the one you really really don't want to lose. Uh, Duke would be my second choice here, as far as the ones that you definitely do not want to lose, mm -hmm. if possible. But we we don't know about Duke. Like they're favored over NC State this weekend with the backup quarterback. We'll, we'll see about that. Like that's NC state defense still ain't easy to play. 
we, we've, we've yeah. seen that plenty enough. Yeah. Um, um <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this has been an interesting topic of conversation for the past four or five days. Um, if you care enough about Florida State football to be an hour and one minute into a null cast, uh, I can assure you that there's going to be so many different content pieces created around uh, this ACC championship um, scenarios and the fact that it's a new situation and you currently have two other teams undefeated, blah, blah, blah. You guys will not, uh, you guys will not be in the dark as to what would need to transpire for Florida State to either make this game as a, as an undefeated, which again, I, what did you say on Twitter? There's a 1% chance you, you think that all three teams go undefeated or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, Obviously, the implied is probably a little bit higher because the fact, like, if all three do do go undefeated, it basically means like Clemson and Miami collapsed because they Miami and Clemson play a couple of these teams. Mm-hmm. So it's probably dependent on that. So it, it's it's maybe a little higher, but it's it's not like a ten percent shot that they go undefeated. Yeah, yeah. This will work itself out. You as a consumer will be uh, flush with options as to further educate yourself on on what these scenarios are. So. There are very few scenarios that I can conjure up in which Florida state gets left out in a three-way tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. Like I think Louisville is the one that kind of has to worry about a three-way tiebreak because it doesn't play the Knowles and it doesn't play um, what North Carolina. Yeah. So I mean, those would be the the other two teams in a three-way tiebreak. Uh, and obviously, like that's that, that's going to impact your your strength of schedule. Uh, so, I am, as we sit here today on August or, or October tenth, I'm not especially concerned about losing out in a three way tiebreak. Just win the games you're supposed to win. Obviously, eight and zero, you're you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, and yeah, uh, I will. You can also kind of read into it in the odds. Um, Florida State's odds, they increased this weekend to win the conference. Okay. So implied in that is the path you have to get there, right? I mean, like that's a big part of of winning the conference is making it to the conference championship game. I, I, this is not great podcasting by me, but you went from like minus 140 to minus 170 in the odds market this weekend. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that is Miami, which is probably the second best team in the league talent-wise right now. Uh, losing a <laughs> ridiculous game to Georgia Tech. They did. But, they, in fact, at 10.08, Miami did, in fact, lose one of the most ridiculous and inexcusable games, even still. Uh, still true. Incredible. Uh, also, I'm looking at the updated playoff odds on DraftKings, and um, you are the second... Second best odds, still minus yeah. one fifty. Second best odds for Florida State, and uh, you definitely have the best odds of having the best home buying experience by partnering with Chad and Shannon, the legendary team. Eight four four FSU loan, eight four four FSU loan. My man Bud has had two loans with them, uh, more than five hundred, five fifteen, five twenty, wherever we are at this point. Uh, Nolcast listeners have gone through that experience with Shannon. And uh, I'm not playing radio. I legitimately have never had a negative piece of feedback on Shannon in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so two great guys, two individuals that are as passionate about Florida State athletics as can be, uh, and they happen to be, uh, you know, great uh, great professionals in their, in their field. So 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN, and a big thank you to uh to the duo who have done so much to make the null cast possible they do a tremendous job i love working with those dudes got last question here get don't want to get ahead of ourselves but we're not playing the game so we can uh william asks uh, who would you rather play in the ac championship game north carolina or louisville for me i, I want no part in having to beat drake may yeah let's not play one of the louisville two, is the better quarterbacks in the country yeah yeah like Jeff Brom's a better coach. Drake May is playing just as good as Caleb Williams is this year. That, mm. that it, in a one game scenario, that is extremely scary still. So, yeah. Um, 
don't really want to have to go. <laughs> like, you, you don't like the way we defend mobile quarterbacks, huh? Right, yeah. What, you what, don't, what about you the mobile wanna... quarterback who's the best thrower in the league by a mile, yeah, too? Yeah, play play one of the better quarterbacks in the sport in, in Charlotte in December. No, I don't want to do that. So Hard pass. Yeah. Um, That's about all I got, man. Cool. We got yep. more stuff? Uh, Dino Baber said some interesting comments, which I think we'll save for the Syracuse preview. Is this about NIL? Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, yeah those, are, those were interesting ones. Uh, yeah. There's been some interesting ones recently. Stoops uh, last night. Stoops' comments was okay. I got All some right. good stuff on, on cover three on Stoops, and I, I, it's preview. It's largely going to be a defense, not of uh, not entirely what he said, but in, in terms of the appreciation machine for Stoops. Mm-hmm. So... My impression has always been that they have a uh, look. I don't know. Maybe this is inappropriate. It seems like they have a healthy NIL operation. I 100% there. agree. That uh, I just so I, it's not like it's non existent. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah. So, okay. Good. Good. <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> All right, y'all. Enjoy oh, it. Uh, if you guys are watching live, uh, I will be live at, uh, at noon on Cover Three. We're going to do a every other week recruiting show. Really aimed at like non like college ball fans who aren't necessarily huge fans of recruiting, and mm -hmm. just with signing day uh, ten weeks away, just kind of start letting people in. Like, what do you need to know about recruiting? That that type of thing. So, if, if you're into that, uh, we can uh, we can certainly discuss today at noon on Cover Three. Let me know if you never need me to come on as guest, but I will. Uh, that's uh, that's definitely something that I could partake in right now. Uh, all right, uh, that will be a Nolcast. Appreciate the support that we've received. If you're watching live, if you could like it, as that's a very, very influential aspect of the algorithm. Uh, otherwise, we will be back with you Wednesday or Thursday for a preview of the Syracuse game. Uh, just another hey ho, sell out at home, bud. That's uh, that's good to see. Good to see. So people like watching good football. Yes, they do. All right, this has been the Nolcast. Talk to you soon. Goodbye.